0: This Dharma Talk was presented at the Austin Zen Center in Austin, Texas. For more information, visit austinzencenter.org. So for those that don't know um, Edward, Edward is um, actually began uh, working in, uh, at Tassajara Zen Center before San Francisco Zen Center even bought the place and began studying uh zen there and was the first um tenzo or head of kitchen practice at tasahara from 1967 to 70. edward was ordained by Shunryu suzuki roshi in 1971. Um, he's the author of the uh, tasahara bread book which is a you know famous famous um cooking book um and a number of other books and was uh, uh, instrumental in helping start uh, the greens restaurant in San Francisco, a wonderful vegetarian restaurant. Um, he currently leads the peaceful sea Sangha in Fairfax, uh, California, um, but also travels and, and teaches and does workshops, uh, around the U S and Canada and in Austria. Um, <clears throat> I did a, um, a sashin with Edward in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, like 2004 or five. Let's see if you can see this. And as a gift to the students in the sashin, he gave, a, gave out these cards that he had made. And this one is a, is a picture of a Kuan Yin statue. And underneath he wrote, uh, She never abandons any being. Uh, I was really touched by this gift and have um, had it on my altar for many years. Um, so it's it's a great pleasure to uh, introduce uh, Edward to this community. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Um, thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. I, I'm not traveling much these days. I just sit here and, and virtually travel. So thank you for your invitation and it's a pleasure to be with everyone virtually. This is amazing because I, I sit here looking at the camera and, um, and the camera doesn't say good morning back when I say good morning (laughs) and you're all muted. So, um, again, um, it's a pleasure to be here with you, uh, to the extent that I'm here with you. I was very much looking forward to, uh, visiting Austin. I haven't been in many years, um, and I've appreciated uh, my time there, and I've appreciated the, um, the center being there with everyone's care and attention and commitment, um, warm-hearted practice. Thank you for all of that. Uh, this, uh, this morning I'm reminded of an um, evening at Tassajara when at the end of the evening Suzuki just said, uh, life is basically possible life is basically impossible uh, and then he said good night um, some of us were rather concerned um, with this uh, statement and the next day uh, when finally someone had a chance to um, ask about it they said roshi last night you said life is basically impossible. What are we going to do? And he said, you do it every day. So here we are, um, doing the impossible every day. Um, I think we would prefer, um, in some ways my suggestion would be and my interest is in liberation. My suggestion is that, you know, we encourage one another to aim for liberation or freedom. Uh, and I think you know the um, our current situation is reminding us that you know we rather than freedom or liberation we would prefer, prefer immunity. Uh, and we think that if we could attain or have immunity, um, then it would be so much easier, and then we could really enjoy ourselves, um, and we could and we could do what we want uh, without concern. So this is, um, again, so I'm, I'm considering that current circumstances are not so different than usual circumstances. It's always been the case that we don't have immunity. It's always been the case that we don't know what will happen next. Uh, and now it's all more obvious. So this is also uh, reminded me of a time in San Francisco uh, at a session with Roshi when he said, um, at a morning lecture, the problems you are now experiencing will continue for the rest of your life. And we all laughed. So it's it's a course quite interesting under what circumstances you say this and sometimes people laugh and sometimes people say that's not funny (laughs) so what do we know Um, not much so uh, when Roshi said that that was uh, 50 years ago the problems you are now having will continue for the rest of your life and I'm not sure that we. Um, I'm not sure we believed him. You know the. You know some problems come and go. I mean, you can. Uh, you have something to eat, and then you're not hungry, and uh, you inhale, and then you can exhale. But we don't know. Um, but on the other hand, uh, life. Uh, continues to be uncertain or in the colloquial vernacular, everything changes. There are no guarantees and there's nothing to be attained. So um, my apologies um, that I'm not here to, (laughs) to give you, some reassurance other than to say here we are and how about that I mean I can't there's no teaching I can offer you that will you know uh, give you immunity uh, give you some protection give you some sanctuary there was a someone on a uh, a few days ago sent me a, um, a cartoon. It's actually a, a picture of a, um, it says Zen monk. And there's a picture of, uh, there's a picture of a, a monk sitting. He has on bright yellow robes, but he's called a Zen monk. And um, then uh, next to it, there's the same picture, but the caption is Zen monk in quarantine. They're both about the same. So, um, what do we do? Uh, The poet uh, William Stafford um, wrote a short poem. He had a practice of every day uh, writing a poem. It's often suggested that uh, doing something every day, writing a poem, sitting zazen, uh, going for an early morning walk, uh, calling it, you know, having some practice each day uh, gives you something to study. Uh, and William Stafford, um, of course, famously, uh, someone once asked him, in an interview um, I hear you write a poem every day day after day Um, how do you do that and he said well I get up in the morning and I start on my poem and then I have a I need to get the kids up I need to cook breakfast uh, I have to get to work so I have a place where I keep my poem during the day and if I haven't finished it any sooner uh, I work on it in the evening before going to bed and the interviewer said yes, okay, understood, Mr. Stafford, but how can you be inspired like this day after day after day? How can you be that inspired to write a poem each day? And uh, William Stafford said, I lower my standards. So the um, it's all very curious, this business of, uh, oh, so the poem. So then he wrote a poem, uh, one of his uh, poems that he wrote and some of the poems are fairly short as this one is, he said um, it could happen any time: earthquake, tornado, Armageddon. It could happen or sunshine, love, salvation. It could, you know, there are no guarantees in this life, but there are some bonuses like morning, like noon, like evening, like right now. So the basic unpredictability, uncertainty, vulnerability, fragility of life. It's nothing new. Here we are. Sunshine, love, salvation, earthquake, tornado, Armageddon. It could happen. We don't know. So this is very curious then, uh, what kind of effort do we make? And as you know, there are uh, two uh, kinds of efforts. Uh, One is to actually... Uh, work on something and uh, you know to, uh, to take care of our lives to take care of the food to take care of the cleaning to take care of the house to take care of the kids to take care of one another uh, and we actually do uh, we actually um, can do things there and then there's the kind of effort which is it's not it's not exactly about doing anything. The other kind of effort, you know, one of my students once did a Sashin in Berkeley Zen Center, and as many of you would know, um, often at a Sashin, they after three days, or four days, or five days, uh, it becomes easier. Uh, there's a whole period of time often when uh, the pain is so intense and unremitting and, you know, ongoing. Uh, and then at some point it gets easier. And my students said, after the session, said, it never got easier. So our usual effort is, uh, well, let's make it easier. Uh, let's get rid of this pain and let's uh, cultivate this joy and let's have this uh, so we're going to we think that we're in charge and that the more competent and capable we are we'll be more successful at producing the positive experiences and eliminating the negative experiences, producing the pleasure, eliminating the pain and we'll get better at that uh and uh, we'll get better and better, and years go by, and eventually we'll, we'll be so good at this. So, of course, that kind of, that's the kind of effort that Dogan says, how long have you been making that kind of effort? How well has it worked? And there's still unpleasant things happening. There's still painful things happening. So much for all your effort, all these years. By the way this is uh, interesting you know to talk to the camera it's a little bit like a traditional kind of tesho um where actually you know uh, as i understand it in teisho, the the teacher sits facing the buddha and then uh, people sit uh in between the teacher and the buddha and listen in as the and the, as i understand it's a traditional teacher the the teacher's talking to buddha so now here i am trying to tell I'm trying to tell Buddha something or, or what, and you get to listen in. And, and I don't even know where you are. It's between me and the camera. <laughs> Very strange, if I may say. Um, but in a while, we'll be able to talk to one another. And I'll look at, instead of looking at the camera, I'll look at my computer screen so that I can see you and listen to you. So this other kind of effort, my student um, said, the pain never got worse. I mean, the pain never got better. It never, it never became easier. And he said, but I realized there was something I could do. And he said, what I could do was to be kind with myself, to have compassion for myself, to be, uh, to take care of myself be gentle and tender with myself. So from time to time, and especially at these times when there's nothing to do, uh, there's the possibility that our heart opens, our hearts open, and we become more kind, more compassionate, more loving, more tender, more gentle, and whether or not that uh, changes uh, things in some, you know, more objective sense, we don't know. But that's our heart's desire. Our heart's desire is to be larger-hearted. So I have a, um, a Rumi poem for you. I'm a big fan of Rumi, um, and this uh, and recently I was looking at the Essential Rumi Coleman Barks's uh, wonderful book of Rumi poems. Uh, and uh, he has uh, he's divided them into chapters, and there's some stories at the beginning of each chapter of poetry. So, at the beginning of one of the chapters, he tells the story of a um, there's a prisoner, uh, and he receives from a friend he receives a prayer rug, and a file, or a saw, or a key it would help him get out of his cell. So he's kind of uh, impatient to just have a prayer rug and discouraged, but then he starts using it and he's using it five times a day. He uses it and he starts uh, doing the prayers that he's familiar with, but he hasn't always remembered or been interested in doing them or that devoted And he's praying at dawn, at noon, in the mid-afternoon, at sunset, before going to bed. He's doing uh, prayers five times a day. And right where his head touches, which is apparently uh, called the Qibla, he begins to notice little by little, there's there's a funny design right there where his head touches. And over time he begins to study and observe this design and it becomes more and more of a pattern. And eventually he realizes it's the pattern of the lock to the cell and how to open it. And the culmination of the story is to say that Anything you do every day, day after day, day in, day out, writing a poem, sitting, cooking, cleaning, waking up, going to bed, the bathroom, the kids, family. Anything you do, uh, you know, and study, uh, you know, can reveal uh, something from the depths of the spiritual world. Something, you know, in the depths of the spiritual world is your spiritual depths. Not much difference there. Uh, So here's the poem. To praise the sun. To praise the sun is to praise your own eyes. Praise the ocean. what we say, a little ship. So, the sea journey continues, and who knows where. So the sea journey continues, and who knows where. Just to be held on the ocean is the best luck that we could have just to be held on the ocean is the best luck that we could ever have. It's a total awakening. Why should we be? Why should we grieve about having been asleep? It doesn't matter how long we've been unconscious. We're groggy. But let the guilt go and feel the motions of tenderness around you. The buoyancy feel the motions of tenderness around you, the buoyancy. this feeling of the emotions of tenderness, the buoyancy is not, you know, not for when we've accomplished everything, when we've finished the dishes, you know, when we've got the kids to bed, when we've uh, paid the bills, when we've finished the emails, that's not when the feeling of buoyancy or tenderness it's, there's no, there's no use waiting. If you're waiting, then you keep waiting, and you keep thinking there's something wrong with you or life or your practice or uh, you know wh- why why aren't why isn't there more why don't I have more emotions feel more sense of tenderness why don't I feel the buoyancy? You've done everything you should do you need to do you've taken care of things now you're taking care of you know how to behave in a new world order new world So in this sense uh you know um so-called protection or safety or well-being You know, it 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 doesn't come and go any more than you know, the fragility, the vulnerability, the difficulties, the problems. Problems don't come and go. The tenderness and buoyancy doesn't come and go. And so, you know, the you know, we're shifting in our lives from, you know, performance to presence. In the realm of performance, you, you accomplish something, you do this and you don't do that. And then you get You give yourself an assessment and other people give you an assessment. Any buoyancy, any tenderness, any compassion, There's no grade for it. There's no assessment for it. So we show up, show up, don't run, don't hide and show up right here in your life. And we're on one hand busy, working hard. Stressing, you know, complaining. Some something is happening, and at the same time, tenderness, buoyancy, compassion. It doesn't come and go. It's right here. So there's always the possibility of receiving, taking a moment to receive the tenderness, receive the buoyancy, receive the lessons, welcome, you know, the presence of Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. You know, we're, we live in, in these two worlds, the everyday world and the world of uh, the spiritual world. and uh, again you know we we tend to think we would have we would have more the spiritual world would show up when we become good enough at handling the everyday world and taking care of our business and taking care of our minds and fixing this and and you know getting rid of anger and promoting equanimity and we have all these great plans but the spiritual world shows up when we allow it you know we are more aiming to receive and not always so for instance you know Suzuki Rishi quotes the old you know saying you know, take just the food you need. And he says, you know, we understand to receive food, actually, to receive food, not to take food. So we're shifting from, you know, that's another shift from from performance to presence, from taking or accomplishing or doing to receiving uh, just to just to float to be held by the ocean is the best luck we could ever have just to be held on the ocean. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, We have a few minutes for As I understand it, we have a few minutes for conversation. If anybody has any comments, questions, observations, something you'd like to share with others uh, in the virtual world. I'm going to look down now at just my screen rather than uh, I have a you know I have a camera
0: let's see can you see the camera no <laughs> no we're, we're looking through the camera in front of you
1: you're not going to be able to see that you're, in, you're you, I, I can't turn the computer around to show you the camera um, anyway there's a camera here and it's a uh, it's got a uh, it's pretty cool it's got a um, remote control
0: <laughs> I
1: can turn the camera to the right or to the left and up and down you know just sitting here without moving so pretty cool and then it's hooked up to my computer and um, I've gotten help to make sure that it's on that camera and not on the computer camera anyway good morning and um, please if you have questions comments observations um, uh, appreciations, harassments. Go. For it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have a question, or at least an invitation. Um, I, what, what you're talking about, with regard to buoyancy and being held, and so forth. Either sounds like, or at least reminds me of the the, the notion of refuge.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, refuge, um, and there's the possibility of having refuge uh, with all of this. Uh, is it? Um, is it all? Is it all simply? Uh, mistake or a mess that we need to clean up or survive uh, or is it Dharma or is it is it is it teaching so we we study how to see things uh, it's more we take more we have more refuge or sense of uh, buoyancy as we see things in terms of teaching or understanding or opening our hearts rather than just seeing things in the worldly sense which is never ending we're going to fix it
2: right so it's not refuge in the sense as you were talking in the beginning about it's not in the sense of immunity or a place to go run and hide and, and wait out the storm but more that ability to 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 be buoyant and and to see that that we're held by something larger
1: yeah
2: if I'm understanding, so, you could, it's
1: yeah. interesting here when you say, "You see, to be buoyant or to be held by something larger," and and partly we're shifting from the sense of "It's up to me to be buoyant," mm-hmm. rather, and we're shifting to to allow that buoyancy that is implicit in each of our lives, in life itself, in consciousness itself. I take refuge in Buddha. So it's not up to me to be buoyant. Buddha has buoyancy, <laughs> <laughs> and we allow that—the Buddha's buoyancy—to fill us. So it's not like I'm going to be buoyant. <laughs>
2: it, it's, it, it's not accomplishment, as you were talking about before. It's not, yeah. that, it's not that world.
1: We're going to accomplish, and then, and then, um, you know, to our credit, you know, see how buoyant I am. <laughs> <laughs> Once in a while, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's
2: great. Thank Something you. else? Yes. Thank you,
1: Edward. I'm reminded of uh, your your movie uh, about being tenzo, and the titles
0: escape me just right now. What is it about oh, cooking? The movie? How to cook? What is it? How to cook your life? How to cook your life? Thank you. That would that should be obvious to me, but uh, and uh, I showed that to my sister once, who doesn't have any kind of Buddhist practice. And at the end, there's an image of ducks floating on the waves. Just, yeah. Wow. You know that the ducks just they're just there, and the waves come and go, and they just remain on the waves. And and she cried. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that was a great image.
0: Yeah. 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 It, it reminds me of this when you when I heard that the title of your talk was buoyancy, I immediately thought of that image.
1: That's, yeah, that's um, uh, you know, in its way, interestingly enough, that's an example of this too. Um, uh, so I appreciate you bringing it up. Um, my mother uh, died when I was three, and. A week before that, she sent a letter to her sister, uh, and it quoted uh, a, a poem about the little duck that was in the New Yorker magazine. Now we're ready to look at something pretty special. It is a duck riding on the waves a hundred feet beyond the surf, and it cuddles in the swells. It can rest while the Atlantic heaves <coughs> because it rests in the Atlantic. And what does it do? I ask you. It sits down in it. It can rest while the let's see. Oh, it rests in the it rests in the it rests in it rests in the finite as though it were infinity. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: It rests in the finite as though it were infinity. That's religion, and the little duck has it. It's something. That's great. Uh, What does it do? It sits down in it. Um, The uh, waves, uh, the waves, uh, the Atlantic is up and down and the dug rests in that.
4: This is Tracy in Austin. I have a question about resting in the finite within the infinite how do you go about that or what form does that take or what forms does that take for you if you would say something about maybe something specific about that if you like
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) if that makes sense oh absolutely Uh, it's uh You know, um, uh, I'm a great, um, you know, colloquially, this is what is also known uh, in, uh, you know, as self-care. So uh, if it, when things get really, uh, you know, recently when things got, you know, uh, not so recently, but, uh, you know, a while back when, December the 30th, I had an automobile accident. Uh, And I realized, uh, and then a couple of weeks later, I finally went, and I don't have a car anymore. Uh, I haven't managed to get another car yet. Um, But I went to see my acupuncturist and he said, I think your thyroid is low. So... um, after taking some, you know, supplemental thyroid, um, I felt a lot more buoyant. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, sometimes, you know, you can do something that um, is very practical. You know? yeah. um, but I also learned um, when, when my thyroid is low, which I suspect has been on and off throughout my life, I'm more susceptible to uh, being anxious, scared, uh, fragile, um, uh, and all of these uh, more emotional states. Um, And I learned uh, to put my uh, hands over my heart, which is something, you know, you tell second graders. And you say to yourself, I love you. and you feel your heart. So this is something I learned just recently. Uh, So uh, I, and it's very curious that, you know, one does something like that in response to something that's painful and difficult. If everything is fine, who needs a bigger heart? Um, but I do uh, each day I do some Qigong and um, Qigong makes a huge difference for me and uh, if, and on my worst days um, it's, I can't even do the Qigong so if I can do the Qigong I feel quite good and I feel quite buoyant Uh, And it's, uh, you know, the qigong is actually, I tell people, you know, it's not actually qigong, it's called, it's edgong, because nobody's authorized me to to do qigong. I'm an authorized Zen teacher, but I'm not authorized qigong teacher. So if you want to do edgong with me, it's on YouTube. (laughs) and It's called edgong. And it's usually it's the first thing that comes up. It's not edgong, the dermatologist or edgong, the plumber. (laughs) Uh, it, Ed Go with me in my robes to um, Qigong Ed Gong. But I find uh, you know some movement uh, very important. I, many, many things I've learned over the years, um, you know, uh, I had to study. Uh, how to stop being a type A person and talk about pandemics. I mean, our, our culture is, is, you know, pandemic of type A behavior. Type A means you're, you're trying to do more than you can do. And Hey, look at that. There's a tail. (laughs) Jack, I saw that. Um, so try to do more than you can do. And then pretty soon you can't do anything because you're too busy to do anything. And how are you going to get it all done? And, you know, so we have these endless to do lists and then, and if we're good, you know, we get more done and then we can, and it's, it's true for both men and women in their own way. Men are supposed to be capable and competent and masterful and women are not only supposed to be capable, competent and masterful, but gorgeous and good looking and slender and you know, never get stressed and whatever. But we have these sort of standards that we're all so I had I studied how to you just, just do one thing and then don't and then uh, finish it and when you finish something or a vision finish, finish a designated time. My instruction the instructions I was given was to by my psychiatrist I took a Rorschach test about 2004 Um, but you then you do something that's enjoyable I couldn't think of anything enjoyable to do except for having a cup of coffee and maybe some chocolate so so now for 15 years I've been uh, studying and looking for something I can do that's enjoyable. Thank you very much for the
4: invitation to, to Ed Gong. Yeah, absolutely. The enforced stillness of the quarantine has inspired me to take up a movement practice uh, that's been very, very helpful to, to balance the, the, the sitting. I, I, I think it's
1: Great balance, yeah. yeah. And then uh, you could also take up public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook Live, you know, lectures. <laughs> <laughs> That'll teach you. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, well, anyway, yes, you're certainly you're welcome.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. And for the heart, heart, uh, self-love, uh, gesture practice. That's a, that's a very nice one that Blanche taught me also many, many years ago.
1: Uh, so by the way, there's, uh, just, uh, one other very simple, um, suggestion here is, you know, it's easy to be worried and stressed about how things are going to come out and if they're going to come out okay. And uh, I mean, if you're going to worry, it means you're watching bad movies. <laughs> Who mix up those movies. And you know, you can put on another movie and you're in charge of the movies that you watch. So I'd rather watch a movie called Prayer than a movie called What's Gonna Happen? And oh no, Uh, And so I I've shifted from, you know, worry and stress to praying. you know, may the best. And the basic Buddhist prayer, as far as I can tell, is homage to the perfection of wisdom. May the best results occur. May all beings be happy, healthy and suffering, Uh, happy, healthy and free from suffering. May the best results occur. You know, in the Christian sense, the basic prayer is thy will be done. And um, in a Buddhist sense, it's something more like me, the best results occur. And that's the most powerful prayer. Not I want this and I don't want that. And, but uh, put your own, uh, similar to being buoyant, you know, as you put your own uh, core, essence, true nature in alignment with the perfection of wisdom. Put your life in alignment with your with your core, with your essence. And it's not just up to you to oh what's gonna happen? I'm 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 gonna take refuge in the perfection of wisdom in Buddha Dharmasangha. I take refuge. So uh, however you describe that, I say homage to the perfection of wisdom rather than stressing and worrying nice thank you so much for being here and bringing this up. appreciate it thank you something else this morning my call says we have 10 minutes until 11 but we could stop
0: anytime what's news what's up well, if there aren't um, further questions, maybe we could do the end of lecture chant, and then we can have a kind of more flowing uh, conversation. Whoever can
1: get the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you.